What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Hoopex, where we talk about basketball and wrestling, unscripted and uncensored. My name is Jarrell Thomas. I'm Jonathan Brown. And ladies and gentlemen, we are four games through the NBA Finals, and it's tied at 2-2. And I have I have some thoughts. I know John has some thoughts about um, what we've seen so far. So, John, I want to ask you first, um, what do you think about this series so far? I think this is a great series that is very competitive. However, if Golden State doesn't get their act together, then the Celtics are winning because the game four was way too close, way too close. Boston had to leave the whole game until it was five minutes left in the game. When, when it was five minutes left in the game, Boston had – Boston had a, a four-point lead, and then Golden State went on a 10-0 run to win the game. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I knew that Boston was going to put up a fight. I said, even though I did say Warriors in five, I, I will say I was wrong about that. Um, when Golden State has won, like game four that like John said, it was way too close. Um, and then I also just got to point out like, you know, he turned it on in the fourth quarter, but uh, Clay, we, we did, I need Clay to play better. I need Draymond to play better. Um, Andrew Wiggins been hooping, you know, 16 rebounds. That was pretty great effort, but overall, um, I'm kind of nervous now. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm kind of nervous. I mean, Boston, when they on, they on, man. I mean, Tatum is hooping now. Jalen Brown has been consistent. Marcus Smart putting up big numbers. Man, Derek White is still hooping, and that's bothering me. That's still bothering me. But uh, John, with that being said. What we what do you think Golden State has to do to actually truly gain momentum? Everyone has to show up. When I mean everyone has to show up, I mean everyone has to show up, including Draymond. I mean, Draymond is out here just he's just out here running, getting cardio in. He's not out here, you know, he's not out here hooping, he's just running around thinking he's doing something. This man is passing up easy layups. Easy layups, like five feet from the basket, not even a floater. He's just looking to pass the ball. I'm like, are you serious? So I guess Ben Simmons is in the playoffs then. Yeah, he's actually Ben Simmons at power forward playing his position. You know, I don't expect Draymond to put up 20, but like, Bro, you putting up two points in the finals. Like, Draymond, I know you're not going to listen to this, but I need to say this. For the rest of the finals, lead a podcast into us, please. Please. Do not do another podcast episode until y'all win the title. Which means if y'all lose to Boston, you got to wait till you got to wait till next season. And if y'all it, no, if y'all don't win a chip, you end in the podcast. You're done. You're done. 
I said it on Twitter. And I was joking when I said it. But at this point, bro, I said Draymond holds a microphone more than he holds a basketball. And that's the problem. I don't again, I don't expect Draymond to put up 20. I don't even expect Draymond to put up 15. But you're putting up two points in the finals. Draymond has combined through four games, 19 points, which this is the equivalent of four points a game. He's putting up four points a game. Four. Now, Draymond, again, I don't even expect you to put up 15, but I need you to put up more than four points a game, my brother. Man, but John, now I, I, I want to ask you too. What What do you think about the way Derek White has been playing throughout the finals? Uh, Derek White in the finals. Yeah, I mean he's been a great role player for the Celtics. I mean when he's been like really the third scorer. I mean you guys. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's going off. I think Jalen Brown's performing better than Jason Tatum. And then I got Jason Tatum's number two. What? Yeah, just wait. No, Dad. Um, yeah, yeah. Jason Jason Tatum is the number two score, and then Derek White is number three. Yeah. I mean, he's been showing out throughout the playoffs, and I'm not surprised that Derek White has been going off. He's doing his thing. And it's something about when NBA players, like when they become like a father during the postseason, somehow they perform better. I mean, look at Fred VanVleet in 2019. I mean, he went off, and now he's a max player. So I won't be surprised if Derek, Derek White gets a new contract, whether it's a contract extension or or with a, or a better contract for your team. Yeah, because after game one, I definitely said Derek White would never do that again. To an extent, he hasn't, but he's still been consistent. So I, he's definitely been playing well. Um, Golden State, just get it together, man. Because Steph, Steph putting up forty three and still almost lost. Come on now, please, just get it together. Just get it together. But on the subject of getting it together, our next NBA topic, we're going to be talking about a few different teams through recent history and why they failed to win a title when they had all of the tools to do so. And I didn't want to make this too obvious by starting out with the Lakers and, and Nets from this previous season, but, I mean, it only makes sense to do it that way. So, in regards to Brooklyn, I don't want to straight up say that the reason was Kyrie because it's not all that there was. But I think Brooklyn honestly made a mistake in putting Kyrie on the floor. And not in the sense of where he was just like this trash player, but like when it came to team chemistry and everything like that, you know, his views on, you know, COVID and the world, like it just kind of, 
it left us out for one, it left the sour taste in James Harden's mouth, you know, which, you know, in turn kind of led him to, you know, request a trade to Philly. But at the same time, you know, KD can't be the only one hooping. It's, it's just not. So in that regard, I, I wouldn't place it all on Kyrie's impact on the team, but it's a huge part of it. Harden also was selling throughout the regular season. And then just the pieces they had, you would think like, you know, Marcus Aldridge, Patty Mills, Blake Griffin, all those guys, not to say like they'd be this super team, but like you'd think like ain't no way these guys are getting swept in the first round. Like keep in mind these were the championship favorites. So those pieces just didn't, it just didn't mesh together as well as we got to be honest. Steve Nash is not a good coach. Steve Nash don't even coach. He literally just sits behind Katie Kyrie and whoever the stars are on the team just lets them make decisions. But that that's why I feel Brooklyn didn't win the title. But John, what about you? Um, you kind of buffed out. Uh, may you repeat the question one more time? Uh, why do why you think Brooklyn didn't win the title this year? Why? I mean, Celtics got Celtics had better defense than Brooklyn, and then Kyrie being out for majority of the season. That's why Brooklyn didn't perform too well during the season. So KD had to carry the team on his own. And Brooklyn just didn't perform well in the playoffs. They didn't perform well offensively. And that's why they lost. That's why they got swept. And now I want to ask you why the Lakers didn't win the title this year. Because I know we've talked about it a lot, but it's, it's still fun just to poke fun at these Lakers fans because Jesus Christ. Lakers always trading everyone. I mean, they went from trading Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball away to now we're going to trade away Kuzma, uh, Montrezl Harrell, and Michael Caldwell-Pope for – not Michael Caldwell-Pope, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope for Russell Westbrook. And he didn't work in the system, in the Lakers system. I mean, that's why – that's why, like, it didn't work. You're trading away role players for star players, and then when star players come on the team and got to adjust to role players, it's not going to work. It doesn't work well. It doesn't perform well. So and that's I, why. I wholeheartedly agree. Because just because they're a star player – it, that doesn't just automatically equal success, you know. Like we like with the next team that we're gonna talk about, it, it just you cannot automatically assume just because they're a star that they're gonna automatically just you know skyrocket. Besides that fact that you know Anthony Davis is made of fucking glass at this point, the niggas made of paper. So there's that LeBron's 37 trying to carry this team that's never going to win you a title. LeBron is still one of the greatest players of all time and still one of the best players in the league right now. But he's 37 years old. You can't expect him to carry this big old load of scoring, passing, rebounding, and defense all on his own. 
and still expect to win a title because I, I hate to say it, but Russ was probably the worst fit for this Lakers team. That that was they could have had the Rosen, they could have had anybody else, and they went for Russ. And that that just didn't work. And speaking of star players on one team that didn't work, we got to talk about the 2017 OKC Thunder, man. Because that, that team, I didn't really have too many expectations for. But you would think that Russ, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony would do something in the playoffs. But that was because matter of fact, wasn't that the year they got they uh they lost to the Jazz in the first round? I think so. Yep, yep, they yeah. lost uh when Donovan Mitchell was a rookie. Yeah, yeah, that so obviously, like I can't necessarily say I don't I would I didn't have championship expectations for him, but if we're being honest, let's let's just break this down. Carmelo did not have much of a role on the team. When he did play, he stinks. But Billy Donovan didn't really give him too much of a role, you know. And Paul George was playing outstanding basketball, and Russ was, I mean, another triple-double season. But if you have a third star and that third star doesn't have much of a role, and you traded so much to get that star, as well as the other star, because, I mean, just thinking of the pieces they lost to get Melo and Paul George, like, I mean, yeah, okay, so he's going to be great in, like, 2040 because, you know, they're going to have one of the youngest teams in the league, you know, and they're going to have all that youth. And, you know, they, they're going to be good, but, I mean – just to give up all of that to get knocked out in the first round, like you have to look at the front office for that because OKC's front office is very suspect. But that's that's why I feel that team wouldn't have never won a title anyway. But John, what about you? To tell you the truth, I was happy when 2017-2018 Thunder lost to the Jazz first round. I was happy because so many people they when they won. Many fans hype up a team. I usually hate that team. Like, I really hate that team. I pray for the downfall. So, when I saw them lose, I was like, yes. Thank you. Um, but, I mean, that, that OKC team in 2017, 2018, that, that was a disappointment. Because you got Russ, Paul George, and Carmelo. They can play the one, the two, and the three right there. So that's a great starting lineup. However, they just didn't perform well. Carmelo right. has his own own playing style. Paul George, he played great. I mean, he was he stepped out of his Indiana shell in OKC. He stepped out of that shell, and it was like, okay, I'm a superstar now. And Russ was already that superstar potential. However. I believe he was a little bit more limited um, those two years with um, Paul George and Carmelo. And then it's the, it's, um, other than his first year without KD, it was just himself, and he was just carrying the thunder to the playoffs. 
and um the 2016-2017 season when Russ got MVP. And the second to last team I want to talk about, and I'm going to say this now, I feel like I've said it on the show. I don't remember, but I will say it out loud again. If I, and if I haven't said it, I'll say it now. If the 2017 to 2018 Houston Rockets didn't fuck up, they would have won the title that year. I'm, I'm saying that right here, right now. That team actually would have beat Cleveland. I, I'm, I'm saying that. And here's, here's why. Chris Paul was playing some of the best basketball of his career. James Harden playing at an all-time high. They had, you know, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, all those guys come off the bench to provide some, some just some, some punches off the bench. You had a championship-caliber team, a team that should have won a title. You want to know why they didn't. First things first, Chris Paul gets injured. If Chris Paul doesn't get injured, they win the title. They beat Golden State in game seven. But that wasn't the only problem. James Harden is a well, it's very, very common knowledge by now. James Harden is a playoff choker. He folded by himself. But then the team as a whole, in a game seven to miss 27 straight threes. I I have never that that is something that will never happen again in an NBA game. It was never done before and it'll never happen again. Because ain't no way a championship caliber basketball team misses 27 straight threes. That does not make sense to me. I don't know how they fucked that up. So if I had to go for a reason, of course, Chris Paul getting injured, James Harden put, being James Harden in the playoffs. I, I don't know how they missed 27 straight threes. I can't, I can't even, there's no way. There, there's no way that happened. I, I'm, I'm perplexed. I'm genuinely lost. But, John, why do you think that Houston Rockets team didn't win the title that year? Kobe Bryant said it best before he passed away. He said, the style of basketball that James Harden plays is not going to win him a championship. James Harden plays egotistical basketball. He does not play championship basketball. That's why James Harden does not have a ring right now. He should have had a ring in 2012 with OKC. But that didn't happen. Now... He became on his own solo player, and and it just didn't work. That's why him and Chris Paul didn't get along. Chris Paul had one playing style when it comes to the team. James Harden was on his own, doing his own thing. That's why Chris Paul left. How do you leave Houston for OKC? <laughs> like I I don't understand that at all. Well, he he, he got traded. That was the that was the rush trade. Yeah, and no, Chris Paul like requested. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, I remember. I remember. And then Russ, after one year, maybe a year, it was like like three points of the season, and then COVID, and then the bubble, and then like right before the next season, he was like, "I I want to trade. I want to get out of Houston." 
So that clearly shows it's James Harden. Yeah. It's James Harden himself. And then he wants to leave Houston and go like, bro, you have your own team in Houston. Why do you want to go to why you wanna leave for Philly and then get traded to Brooklyn? And then oh Brooklyn's not going my way. So let me just go to let me go to Philly, a divisional rival. Like and then y'all don't even play well. Who did who the 76ers lose to in the playoffs? It was the Heat, right? Miami. Yeah, it was Miami. I'm not gonna lie. If the Sixers didn't have, if the Sixers didn't have James Harden, in my opinion, Sixers would have beaten, would have beaten uh, Miami. I, I agree. Opinion. I agree. I agree. If the Sixers did not have James Harden, yeah. they would have beaten Miami. Because let, let's just be Like, Brooklyn was the perfect situation for Harden. It was. Now, granted, you know, Kyrie, you know, for religious reasons, wasn't eating no food. So, you know, but th- there was that, you know, but, you know, Harden himself played like shit. So, but it was still the perfect situation. I wouldn't leave that. I wouldn't have left that. But on a somewhat hard and related note, the last team we need to talk about, and it's not just one year, but at this point, it's the whole franchise, man. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, my God. I used to be the biggest Thunder fan. Oh, my God. Like, dude, I even like Nick Collison, bro. Like, that's just how deep my, my I ran for that team, bro. Like, when Kendrick Perkins was on that team, I'm like, okay, Perk, yeah. Like, big Perk, let's go. I, I rolled hard for OKC, man. Like, that 2012 finals – I'm like, this is OKC's year. I know they're young, but they got it, bro. And they, even though they lost him five, a lot of the like, the, some of those games that they lost were based on experience and youth. So I'm thinking, okay, okay, like they they got it, they got it. And they didn't want to pay James Harden. They did not want to pay James Harden. And everything just fell apart after that, man. Like, the fact that – because here's the thing. James Harden deserved the max contract that he asked for. Let's be honest. He did. And he proved the second he got to Houston why he deserved that max contract. They had a – the way that they played back then, the style of basketball that James Harden played back then, it was like – the perfect combination of both of his playing styles between Houston and Philly, but in a non-prime way. So, yes, he was cooking niggas offensively, you know, hitting his step backs, but he was getting all his teammates involved too. And the second that left, they didn't put enough pieces around Russ and KD to even still make that happen because who did they have? Jeremy Lamb? Yeah, yeah, they had Jeremy Lamb and fucking um what's the dude Cameron Payne weekends. So all of these factors, and they're not putting pieces around because KD cannot do everything by himself. Russ cannot do everything by himself. KD gets injured, Russ has to carry. 
Russ gets is injured, KD has to carry because there's nobody else because they're not going to rely on Nick Collison, Stephen Adams, Kendrick Perkins, or Cameron Payne to, to hold the lead. Because even Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson was hooping. Now, did he stupidly think he was going to start over Russ? Yeah, he did. But Reggie Jackson was balling for OKC. But when he was unhappy, he wanted to get he wanted out, so he gets traded to Detroit. That 2016 series, that, that Western Conference Finals, not 2016, that's no, 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 it is 20, 2017. 2017, where they blow that 3-1 lead where Russ and KD both play like dog shit. Because everybody always wants to point the blame all on Russ. But people never want to acknowledge that KD played like dog shit in that series too. He was shooting like 30, either 39 or 40% in those last four games. So it was never just all about Russ. And it wasn't that KD couldn't win a title with Russ as his primary. Actually, that is true. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust Russell Westbrook as my primary ball, ball handler. But Russ wasn't the only problem in OKC. The problem was that they didn't put the right pieces together. They traded their most valuable prizes for either a one-year player, one-year star that they weren't going to get anything out of, or a draft pick 10 years in the future. So that's why I feel OKC just – besides the fact of play, it was the front office. The front office holds more blame – than anybody because OKC used to have at least two to three rings, in my opinion. So it's the main blame is straight up the front office for me. But John, why do you feel like the Thunder have do not have any championship banners in their arena? Mm. The reason why I think that the Thunder doesn't have any championship banners. I mean, it's really because of it's it's the, the players. It's, I don't think it's the front office. I mean, yeah, they made a mistake on James Harden, and then trying to replace him was tough. But it was the players' performance. I mean, you did say KD did not perform well. In the 2016 playoffs in the Western Conference Finals. And that's why they blew that 31 lead. That's that's why. And also in 2013, they lost to Memphis Grizzlies in the first round. Oh yeah. Like yes. you can't lose to the you can't lose to the Grizzlies in the first round. Like, come on now. That that's crazy. But but hey, um, and then 2015, what did they lose in 2015? That was no, they didn't even make the playoffs 2014. Oh, right, because that was the year KD was injured. Yeah, yeah, KD was hurt. And then so, 2016, they lost to what did they lose to? 2016, it was the Warriors. They won. Oh yeah, so they, yeah, because they they lost they lost two straight years to Golden State, and that's oh my god, that's even that's that's crazy. 
Because the Woa 3 1 lead like that. Nah, that's 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 ridiculous, man. That is that is absolutely ridiculous. So but now I want to ask you, so based on all of so all on all of the teams that we just talked about, which team do you think had the best case or the best chance at winning a title? So who blew it the worst? Who blew it the worst? I mean OKC with KD. Yeah, I agree. I I agree. Cause man oh man. Um they a 3-1 lead on the 73 and 9 Golden State Warriors. Like that would have been because in the 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 success and the hype that the Cavs got for Great for you know overcoming that three one lead in the finals almost didn't happen. They were one game, one game from that not happening, and they lost three straight. I yeah I agree. I wholeheartedly agree with that. But now let's move to the WNBA. In the first topic. What what to do with the the Indiana Fever? Um, so the Indiana Fever are currently three and twelve, which is the worst record in the WNBA. And last season, they were. Let's see. Last season they were six and twenty six. which was the worst record in the WNBA. Um, as a whole, they've won. They, they've, um, they've won about a good, it's, let's see, 51% of their games. Well, that's the playoffs. In the regular season, they have a franchise losing record. They have not made the playoffs since 2016, and they lost in the first round. And to keep it a stack with you, there's nobody even on the team that I just – besides Kelsey Mitchell, there is no one on the team. Let's, let's just be honest. There is nobody on that team outside of Kelsey Mitchell. So I would say sell the team. I don't know who to. But I just feel like Indiana, because Indiana is a basketball state. So for their basketball to be trash bothers me. And with, you know, a, 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 a league expansion coming up, I think a couple teams should be moved. Indiana is one of them. But that's that's just me, uh, John. What do you what do you think should be done in regards to Indiana? Because they they have been one of the worst teams in the league for years. They should just sell the team, sell sell the team to a new owner that's passionate about women's basketball. Because right now, I mean. Uh, down from 
I believe she was like general manager of the team. She was general manager, and then she stepped down before the season. And then the draft, they draft uh, Destiny Anderson from South Carolina. Other than that, that was it. I mean, all they have is Kelsey Mitchell. She can't play superhero all the time. She needs help. So, I mean, it's sell, sell the team to a new owner and get, I mean, have a whole new front office. They just fired Coach Stanley not too long ago. I mean, this team is set up for a downfall. They're set up for a deficit or another recession. Yeah, they got to go. They they got to go. But before we move to our next WNBA topic, y'all, I, there, there's just something I have to talk about. <laughs> I said this a few weeks ago. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me just play this song very quickly. Um, this, Just try to not to get copyrighted. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, let me skip through. Keep me in the valley. All right, all right, because I, I we, we don't want to get copyrighted. We don't want to get copyrighted. But I just want to. I want to say God is good. I want to say God is good all the time, all the time. God is good, ladies and gentlemen. The Los Angeles Sparks finally listened, and they fired Derek Fisher. I have been waiting for this moment since 2019, and they finally did it. So, yes, there is a God. My God is awesome. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. The Sparks are still in danger and they still suck, but it's okay. You know why? Because the source of their problems has left, is gone, is, has, has moved on to other things. Cancun, I guess. I don't know. No, Derek Fisher doesn't deserve to go to Cancun. You know, I hope Derek Fisher just moves to North Dakota or something, man. Cause I, 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 I am so happy. I am, I am ecstatic. I'm sick and tired. I'm, I am, I'm, I'm blessed. Okay. The LA Sparks are five and seven right now. They are the number eight seed in the WNBA. That bothers me because they have Jordan Canada. Kennedy Carter, Katie Lou Samuelson, Liz Cambage. And what happened? What happened? I don't know. But Derek Fisher was the problem. Because one, he cut Tia Cooper. Why? Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like Tia Cooper was the, the best player in the league, because he wasn't. But why would you cut Tia Cooper? Mm. Tia Cooper was a part of the peel of the team. Because once Candace left, who else were they gonna look at tia cooper and Derek fisher as the general manager decided to cut tia cooper and i've never forgiven him for that like listen to this roster man jasmine walker christy Tolliver, Brittany sykes katie lou samuelson chinese and yeka ogomike olivia nelson odota kennedy carter Jordan Canada, Liz Cambage, Ray Burrell, and Lexi Brown. That is a top 
four team in the WNBA. Why are they the number eight seeds? Why are they not in play? If the playoffs started today, the Sparks would not be a playoff team. I just want to say praise God. You know, I haven't I haven't been to church in a while, but that's that's just because I've had personal issues. I might I might actually go to church. I might actually go to church. Or I mean, I've been watching online church. Don't don't y'all don't don't think I've been not. But I might I might actually pop up a service tomorrow because I'm blessed. I'm happy. I'm happy about this. Go. Oh, wait, they don't have a general manager anymore. It was Derek Fisher. Just go Sparks. Go Sparks. But John, what do you what do you think about Derek Fisher finally being outed from Los Angeles? He should have been out at the 2019 playoffs when he benched uh, Candace Parker during an elimination game. Oh yeah, that was crazy. I mean, first of all, did y'all whoever hired him? I think it was Penny Toller that hired him. I think it was Penny Toller because I think she was a GM with the president of basketball operations. During the hiring of Derek Fisher, did she look at his resume? I mean, he was the, the head coach of the Knicks, the Knicks, and it didn't even go well. It didn't even go well. That right there was a was a red flag that was ignored. It was just ignored, oh and then. He just goes out there and just, just, he just held the Sparks back. The Sparks, they're, they are the original WNBA franchise. Oh, my goodness. The original WNBA franchise, the motherland, the heart and soul of the WNBA. And then you just, you just, devalued it. The value of the Sparks decreased because of him. So is I'm glad that he's gone. I hope that when the Sparks hire a new coach, they hire someone serious, someone determined. If they get Bill Lambeer out of retirement, that would be great. Oh my God. That would be oh my God. I mean that would be very amazing. Shoot. Hire a coach from Greg Popovich's staff. <laughs> you know, hires. I know exactly who they need to hire, and it's not gonna happen. And you know exactly who it is, and you know it's not gonna happen. But they need to pull this woman from South Carolina and get her to LA. It's not gonna happen. But Dawn Stanley, please, please, no. please, no. please. Dawn, please come to the W, please. Oh my God, wow. that that would be beautiful. That would be beautiful, because I wanted it to be Becky, but Becky's in LA, and LA's killing it. As I thought they were the biggest. You know what I meant. You know what I meant. I'm, I was I was about to say LV, but it just because we were talking about the Sparks, it just said LA. But you know what I meant. You know what I meant. But speaking of Las Vegas and a few players in particular, All-Star Game is coming up. So we have our All-Star prediction. So let me pull up my votes for this. And oh, oh boy. 
in the front court, I have Rihanna Stewart, Elena Della Don, Asia Wilson, Sylvia Falls, Candace Parker, and Yeka. But guards, I have Kelsey Plum. I have, let me think, let me think, let me go. Matter of fact, let me go back to my, uh, let me go back, let me go back right now. Because my, my, um, oh yeah, I did have Kelsey Mitchell and Jackie Young. But no, 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 I'm forgetting one player. And we're going to talk about her a little more specifically, but Ryan Howard is going to be an all-star as a rookie. Ryan Howard of the Atlanta Dream is going to be an all-star as a rookie. But, John, what about you? Who do you have as an all-star this year? Well, all-star this year, Della Don. Um, of course. Asia Wilson, of course. Brianna Stewart, of course. Uh, Sabrina, Sabrina Ionescu. No, she's been moving recently. She's been moving recently, man. Y'all know, I, y'all know how much I hate Sabrina, bro. I, 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 I know you. You hated Sabrina because you had high expectations for her last season, and then she didn't perform well and all. But now she's moving, bro. She, so she is, she is. But I do not so want to give her can, credit. You, you can stop hating her. I mean, she beat the Mystics, surprisingly. Wait a minute. Aren't they, like, the third worst team in the league? Yeah. They're not winning. But, but, but then but again, Sabrina, I, I didn't know. I did vote Chelsea Mitchell, so, I, I, I okay. I, I, I got to put my bias aside for that. I did say Chelsea Mitchell. <sighs> she has been hooping, though. I will say that. Um... I just feel like, dude, you know what? But you know the thing that's bothered me the most? You know who's, like, third in votes and most definitely should be an all-star but isn't going to be an all-star because they're not playing? <laughs> Brittany Griner, ladies Ooh. and gentlemen. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Somebody dunked last night. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, the, uh, the Dallas Wings. Oh, oh my God. Oh, it was a way clear. Oh, that's crazy, bro. I love, you love to see it. You love to see it. But, man, um, how many times do we have to say free BG? We, how many times do we have to say free Brittany Griner? I don't, I don't know what it's going to take, but she should. It, it's been 100 plus days now. Free Britney. Free Britney. But our last NBA topic, of, I mean, WNBA topic, we got to talk about Ryan Howard. And let me just say this. When when I put the when I put the topics together, I said rookie sensation with a question mark, but there is absolutely zero zero question marks. Ryan Howard is legit. Ryan Howard is legit. I mean, 
I knew that, you know, Atlanta was going to be a good team once, you know, they they picked up Ryan and Nas Hillman out of Michigan. But Ryan Howard has been playing like a number one pick. You know, she's had, you know, a couple of games where, you know, she only had like five points, one where she didn't score. But just listen to all these game logs. 16 points, 21, 13, 33 in her fourth game. 19, 21, 0, 12, 22, 5, 16, 11, 25. Ryan Howard is a beast. She is legit. And the league is in good hands, man. Um, I, I I love Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard is quickly became one of my favorite players in the WNBA. You know, besides the fact I have bias towards the dream now, because they, they got it together finally, but Overall, man, I'm I'm very impressed. I wholeheartedly believe that she's going to be the all-star as a rookie. And I've just been blown away by how well she's been playing. She she has been balling her ass off. But, John, what have you thought of Ryan Howard so far? I mean, Ryan Howard, she's an all-star. I mean, tell you the truth, she can hoop. I mean... When I went to the Atlanta Dream Game against the Mystics, the Mystics couldn't stop her first half. They just couldn't. They could not stop her. I was like, this girl is a problem. She is serious. Even in the preseason game, she can shoot the ball. I think she had... Six three-pointers the other night against the Phoenix Mercury. Yeah, yeah. She Matter of fact, no, that was last night. I think it was last night. Let me check. I could have sworn that was last night's game. Um, Let me look. Game look. Yeah, that was last night. Oh, wow. I mean, Ryan Howard, she got that dog in her. Yeah. So, with that being said, how far do you think she takes Atlanta in the future? She can take them to the playoffs. She can. Um, yeah, playoffs. Definitely playoffs. Um, probably semifinals. I won't be surprised if they get to because obviously you know it's not going to necessarily happen anytime soon but i wholeheartedly believe that ryan howard could help the dream win the title as a number one option they have to you know put the right pieces around her to do it but as a number one option i think she's definitely championship caliber in the future and hopefully she stays at atlanta man because you know atlanta they you you know you we all know what happened last season. We all know. Um, it's it's best not even to speak on it anymore. But if they continue at the rate they're going, Atlanta is really going to be a problem in years to come. And that's going to do it for the WNBA portion. And moving into wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, um, hell of the cell twenty twenty two happened, and we're not going to talk about the whole show because I was watching the game during Hell in a Cell. But there's one thing that we need to talk about. Cody Rhodes 
Um, John, you can you can you can take this one away because I I oh my god, you, just, just talk about Cody a hell of a cell. Okay, so like hours before Hell in a Cell, um, like hours before, we get a Dave Meltzer tweet saying that Cody Rose is injured. He uh, tore his pectoral muscle, and that was it. That was the tweet. We were all like, "Is the match canceled? <laughs> is it still going on? Like, what's going on?" And some the match still went on. Cody Rose showed up, and then once he took that his uh, jacket off, and you saw that purple bruise on his chest and arm, everyone just got uncomfortable. Like, no, <laughs> no way this man is about to fight in this match. No way he's about to fight Seth Rollins in this match. No way with that bruise. And then. The storytelling of the match, Seth Rollins just attacking the torn pectoral muscle with the kendo stick and just, oh my gosh. It, everyone was like, I don't even want to win it. Like, they didn't even want to watch the match anymore. Like, it was like disturbing. Everybody was like, why did Cody Rose fight in this match? But then Cody Rose gained momentum and, and perform that Cody Rose put on a show with one arm. I mean, both of them did. It's just monumental what Cody Rose did. He, I mean, to tell you the truth, Cody Rose did not have to do that. In my opinion, yeah. he shouldn't have. He should not have. He shouldn't have wrestled. I mean, he should have just go home and be a family man to Liberty and Brandy, but hey, Hey, I mean, if you want to go out there and wrestle with a broken leg, by all means, go ahead. Just, I just don't recommend it. Yeah, because, like, because I I pulled up, I pulled up Hell of a Song on my phone because I knew the main event was coming, and I see Cody take off his jacket, and I'm like, hell, no. Hell no. Because listen, I don't care how much money Vince McMahon is paying me, bro. I'm not doing that. Like, his entire peck, his armpit, and his shoulder were red and purple. And throughout the match, it spread towards different parts of his arm. And seeing Seth beat the shit out of him, like using a kendo stick. And just like, I mean, Cody did a Cody cutter with that, you know, torn peck. And I'm like, stop. Like, I've seen some uncomfortable shit watching wrestling, bro. But I had never been that uncomfortable. Like, it's the point, like, my uncle was just like, why is he wrestling? Even my dad, like, why is he wrestling? And just first things first, man, I got to say huge props to Cody for that. Because for one, I mean... Everybody knows star ratings don't matter, but, I mean, it was a five-star match. This man had a five-star match with Seth Rollins on one arm. So anybody who hates Cody and says Cody is not one of the best wrestlers on the planet right now is a dickhead. Then the next night, in order to write him off TV, 
look, man, Seth Seth Rollins just might be the best heel in wrestling, bro. I'm sorry. Like, it's neck and neck with him, him and MJF, bro. But Seth, I mean, this man came out of hell in a cell with P- Dusty Rhodes polka dot gear, man. Like, that is some of the most despicable shit I've ever seen. Like, he's worn Rey Mysterio gear. He wore shield gear against Roman. And then, like, bro, he just disrespected his pop, like, his dead father and tried to just, like, because I heard that the reason that Cody was really able to wrestle was because his peck was torn so much to the point where there was literally no further damage that could be done. But at the same time, that's also a huge testament to Seth Rollins because it was the safest, most brutal. It was brutal, but safe. I don't know how you can have something that brutal be so safe, but they put it off. And, bro, just I'm just blown away, bro, because Jesus Christ, there, there's no way Vince McMahon could have paid me to do that. And he said he did it on his own. Cody is really a man of the people. But now I'm a little sick because Cody's going to be away for nine months post-surgery. And Cody Luther King was, was supposed to win the Universal title on Juneteenth. Really, they, they weren't even going to have a show on Juneteenth, but, you know, it, that, it, was, it was just supposed to happen. So... It's it's a little sick. It's it's not even a little sick. It's very sick. But it's okay because he's gonna come back stronger than ever. He honestly might pull a John Cena, come back a few months early. I hope so. But in regards to Hell in a Cell as a whole, I mean, John, did you watch any of it? Because I only caught bits and pieces. Yeah, I only caught the uh, event. Of Hell in a Cell because I was watching um, the finals as well, but uh, I did hear that Bianca, Oscar, Becky Lynch had a great. Yeah. Ooh, speaking of Becky Lynch, I would just like to say, ladies and gentlemen, the black portion of the internet wrestling community. The black wrestling fans, we have received our reparations. You want to know why? Because on Monday Night Raw, Becky Lynch lost a 24-7 championship match to Dana Brooke. Reparations. Reparations is all I'm going to say. But looking down the card, um, well, Bianca won. You know, Ashley should go black women. Uh, Bobby Lashley beat almost MVP. I'm not surprised. Um, Kevin Owens beat Ezekiel. That's cool. Um, Judgment Day, be, you know what? I got to talk about this because I don't, I don't understand this at all. So, oh, no, no, no. So I, I just saw, like, I started watching when Judgment Day match started. And they beat AJ Finnelith. And, you know, they come out on Raw. They say they about to put a new member in. We like, okay. And it's Finn Balor. We like, okay. Because we're thinking it's a ruse or something. You know, Finn cuts this promo. It didn't make sense. He was saying like, oh, it, he he his, he could see clearly. And like, we like, okay, motherfucker, why are you here? Because the whole time it's like, because he's smiling through the whole thing. Like, okay, this is definitely a ruse. 
And then Damien Priest goes and says, you know, now we got to cut out, you know, all of the things that make the group weak and looks at Edge and says, including you. Basically was saying Edge was holding them back. And I'm like, Edge literally made John relevant, except, well, not Rhea, but Damien Priest wasn't doing nothing on the main roster. So Edge cuts his hair, changes his music of 10 plus years, nearly 20 years. And he loses his team, his whole gimmick. So, like, does does Judgment Day keep that music? Does Edge keep that music? Do we hear Metalingus again? I don't know. But I was a bit, I, I was concerned. But, um, John, what do you think about the way that they're going about Judgment Day now? I am very confused. I'm very uncertain about where they are going with Judgment Day. I mean, it was, they brought out Finn Balor. I was like, okay, that's like Katie joining the, the Warriors. And then, next thing you know, they start beating up Edge. I was more confused. I was like, this makes no sense, right? Was this a plot all along? Was this a plan by Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest all along? But um, it was very weird. Now, I think they did that because Roman is gone and now Cody Rose is gone. This had to be like a last-minute decision. Like, all right, two of our top guys are gone. We need another top guy. Edge is a top guy. Edge, we need you back to be a face. And <laughs> they could have just used AJ, but okay. Yeah, yeah, but I, I it, it was very weird watching that. Very weird. It was like, what is going on? But yeah, I think Metalingus is coming back. You know, we need that pyro again. You know how much I love pyro. <laughs> yeah, so. Ooh, on God. this day, I see clearly, oh you know, God. everything has I mean, come would be to nice. life. That would be nice. In a place where are broken dreams and will leave us all behind oh God. on this day. But the next match, I just, um, what is up with, why does every storyline involving Happy Corbin involve attempted murder? Why? 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 Because it's, it's Madcap Moss versus Happy Corbin in a no holds barred match, right? And Madcap beat an absolute living shit out of Happy Corbin. And then you remember that um, Happy Corbin tried to, you know, kill Madcap by, you know, hitting him with the statue with the chair on his neck. So I guess Madcap Moss hits his finisher. And then he decides, you know what? I'm about to kill this motherfucker on pay per view. He goes out to the ring, he grabs a steel chair, and he puts it on Happy Corbin's neck. But he's not satisfied. So this motherfucker goes and grabs the stairs from outside the ring, brings them in, and slams the stairs on the chair. Now, Vince McMahon, this is what I like to see in my wrestling, but this is supposed to be a PG program. That I don't even know if that's PG. I done seen Happy Corbin 
attempt murder on Drew McIntyre. I'd have seen Happy Corbin attempt murder on Madcap. And then I saw Madcap attempt murder on Baron Corbin. So you know what that means to me? That tells me that while Baron Corbin is not on TV, his new gimmick is he is going to be a serial killer. That is the only logical explanation. And speaking of gimmicks, with Cody's arm, you know, and his being purple at the moment, I know exactly what's going to happen when he comes back. And nobody can tell me this isn't going to happen, but um, I need to play this music right quick, very quickly. <clears throat> Where your shipping address okay, there is currently ad. Hold on, please hold. All right, that's enough before copyright, but Stardust is coming back, and you cannot tell me otherwise. That man's entire arm was purple. Stardust is coming back. But then, in the last match, um, Austin Theory beat Mustafa Ali, and I saw this coming, but um, Mustafa Ali is from Chicago. Hell in a Cell was, was in Chicago. They give him his whole Chicago, you know, uh standing ovation he comes out in the chicago theme gear and he loses that's sick as hell that is actually sick as hell but the last thing before we move on to our next topic and john i'm gonna ask you about this first um they announced that on june 27th on monday night raw we will keep getting the return of the goats the man himself Celebrating 20 years, John Anthony Felix Cena. What what do you, what do you think about John coming back? Uh that's good. We we, we need WWE needs help. They need a lot of help. They need as much help as they can, and John Cena is that help. So help is on the way. Help is on the way. What Shannon Sharp said, help. It's on the way. Yeah, but, you know, my, my goat's coming back. You know, we all know John Cena is him. So I'm happy. I'm very happy because I get to see my goat on television. You know, I've missed seeing John Cena on a regular basis, and I get to see John Cena. Now, the rumor is that he's going to be going up against Austin Theory. To keep it a stack with you, um, Ooh. I mean that's cool. All I know is John Cena better not lose to Austin Theory because I will raise all hell. I honestly want John Cena to win the Intercontinental Title so he can have won every title in wrestling, but um, that would require him to beat Walter, and that's not going to that's not going to go over well. And Goosa. I don't want that. Hey, don't call him that. That nigga's Goosa. Walter. Hey, but shout out, shout out Walter. You know, he he killed Ricochet yesterday, you know, when the when the IC title, you know. He he yes. committed murder on national television, you know. I'm sensing a theme with WWE, but you know, I just think Vince McMahon just just, just take his ass to court again. He'll get locked up. But our last wrestling topic of the day, ladies and gentlemen, moving to another company. 
we are now three years into the existence of AEW. And we have some thoughts about, you know, what has transpired in the past three years. So, John, just based on, you know, your expectations of AEW going in towards, you know, where we are now, how do you think AEW's done as a whole? What AEW done as a whole has improved wrestling. Um, it, like what John Cena said, more people are talking about wrestling, right? More people are paying attention to it. it the awareness has increased. Now, AEW has, like, create has increased popularity of other promotions, promotions such as GCW, which is another CZW, but people have more pay attention to GCW more. And it's great. It's amazing. It has put new superstars over, such as Jay Cargill, um, Adam Page, who else? Uh, Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs. I mean, it's what AEW, Darby Allen, what AEW has done in three years has been amazing, especially as like a new company out of nowhere, and they had the financial funds for it. It's, it's been really amazing, and I'm happy. I'm happy about AEW. Don't get me wrong. AEW can improve on a lot of things. Not a few things, but a lot of things. But it's it's been amazing. It's been great. Um, I expect way more things for AEW in many years to come. Yeah, and I I definitely agree. I think AEW has done a lot for wrestling as a whole um, because now if WWE is pissing you off, you can watch AEW and vice versa. Or you can watch be like a normal human being and just watch both. But, you know, this isn't about me bashing the general IWC because I could do that all day. Because you motherfuckers are weird. Weird bunch of incels oh my god fucking virgins there's nothing wrong with virgins but you know y'all are some weirdos man but AEW is just it's a great alternative i mean we have their champions at the moment are pretty good i mean we talked about it a few weeks a couple weeks ago um i'm very happy that AEW does exist <clears throat> but with that being said we have to address some of the issues. Number one, and this is not a huge, huge issue, but I have to talk about this. The Hardys in AEW is an issue for me because they too damn old for this. They are, both of them are too old for this, okay? When, when Matt Hardy went up against Sammy Guevara, he almost died, almost had a full concussion, almost split his head almost split his skull open on concrete. Jeff Hardy having ladder matches with Darby Allen crazy ass. And now on that next week's Dynamite, they're having the 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 Lucha Dragons or whatever the name. That's not their name. The Jungle Boys against um who was it in that match? The the young the, the, the young bugs. Yeah. And the, the young, fucking Hardys. Young the, the, young dumb fucks. Fucks. the dumb fucks. The dumb fucks. The dumb fucks. <laughs> and the Hardys. 
why is FTR not getting a title shot? And they're the number they're supposed to be the number one ranked team in AEW. Why are none of the number one ranked individuals getting their title shots? Because I, I don't understand. But they have this habit of just doing shit. The same for, like you know, like they can't do GCW, CZW type shit on TNT and TBS. Like you can't do that like the hard like why is they 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 had jeff when jeff and darby had their match it was just this random hardcore match when none of the matches in that own heart tournament had any stipulations i don't understand that the forbidden door thing is cool but let me just be honest with you all ladies and gentlemen most wrestling fans have never watched New Japan Pro Wrestling. I haven't watched New Japan. So everybody getting fake excited. And y'all don't know these motherfuckers, man. Now look, I know Murder Grandpa. I know Minoru Suzuki. He's, he's one of my he's one of my goats. But I don't give a fuck about Will Ospreay. The, the, the gymnast Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay isn't a fucking wrestler. Steph Rollins, somebody just called Steph Rollins to call, call him a broke bitch one more time. Nobody <laughs> care about a Will Ospreay. Um, this is the Forbidden Door thing was cool, but they AEW's biggest problem is that they don't appeal to the casual fan. And maybe people will be like, oh, well, maybe it's not for the casual, but that's why WWE has so much money because they appeal to the casual audience. Like you may not know fucking Dana Brooke or or Ricochet, but you know who Roman Reigns is. You know mm-hmm. who Edge is. You know who AJ Styles, Finn Balor, all these people are. So they're going to put them on that platform. You know they're having random matches like Sky Blue versus Red Velvet. Now, don't get me wrong, I like Sky Blue and I love Red Velvet, but y'all just can't have random matches of people we don't know already. Okay, you can't do that. But I think AEW has also improved with diversity. I was they're not perfect. I'll say they've improved slightly, but only because the black wrestlers that they do have are some of my favorites. Keith Lee, Shane Strickland, Ricky Starks, Will Hobbs, Jay Cargill, y'all know that's my baby for life. Ooh. Red Velvet, uh, Kira Hogan. Okay. Oh my God, the bat, the the baddie section, bro. That is my fate. That's my that's my favorite. That is my favorite faction of wrestling. If you know, you know. If you don't know, just just look up the baddie section. But John, what issues do you see with AEW right now that they could easily fix? Issues I see with AEW that they can easily fix. Too many people on a the roster. They need brands. Too many people on the roster. I mean, you got, oh, you got too many people on the roster. You got you signed so many people from WWE over to AEW. Now the roster is overfilled. Now you got to create a new show. So you got a show on Wednesday. You got Dynamite. All right. So let's let's have a show on. Let's have a show on Thursday, right? Or a show on Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Like a second show 
like move Rampage to Saturday instead of like having it after SmackDown. Let's have it on a Saturday night. Like we got a Wednesday show and a Saturday show. Both are two hours long. We got the AEW World Champion on Dynamite. And then you got the TNT Champion on Rampage. And then you got the, the Women's World Champion on Dynamite. And then the TBS Champion on on yeah. Rampage. And then now you have equal time for everyone in you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, just have brands so each wrestler can have their push and can have more exposure time and television time instead of just waiting two, three weeks just to see them wrestle. And then you got and I hate the dark and then the dark uh, oh evolution. God. Like on YouTube, really, bro, like just be like NXT and just have your own network. <sighs> and change dark just change dark evolution can't it just do like aew level up like nxt level up yeah. uh and, that's and the one thing i do need aew to do is start explaining shit like exactly why is the forbidden door thing we don't know why it just became a thing like a- all of a sudden exactly. will Ospreay just happens to like dude Exactly. And, like and it's like what if what if you're a new wrestling fan trying to learn about what's going on, trying to learn about what the forbidden door is, and they don't even know there's no explanation for it. Right. Like, like, you gotta think you always have to think about new fans. You can't just think about hardcore fans. Hardcore fans are gonna they're gonna be there regardless. You gotta think about right. new fans. So. And one thing I have to say. Can we please just stop this notion that Tony Khan is a better booker than Vince McMahon? Oh my God, let's, Tony let's, Khan! Let's <laughs> Tony Khan is not a good booker. Like AEW's booking, for the most part, over the past three years, has not been good. Let's, because look, Kenny and the Young Bucks went on a reign of terror that only Triple H could match. Okay, yeah. Ricky Stark should be the TNT champion and not the FCW champion. Who else should have been a champion by now? Um, let me matter of fact, let me go to their roster. Because there's a lot of people who should have been a champion. Um, okay, here's their roster. Andrade should have been a champion. Champion. Um FTR should be the tag team champions. Um, you mean FTR? That's not what I said. You said FTR. Oh, you know what? Don't don't mind me, y'all. Don't mind me. But like, FTR. there's a lot of people like Chris Jericho. Anything Chris Jericho related just should not be on TV. Okay. <laughs> what the hell is a Jericho Appreciation Society? What does that even mean? What does Sounds that like mean? Trump. Like, Sounds like Trump, bro. Get it? I mean, hell, his wife was at the the, the, the Capitol riot. Okay. Yeah. You know. She was at the insurrection. And then Daniel Garcia should be with the 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 
the BBC. That's not what they call it. the Blackpool Con- BCC. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, geez, BPC. Come on. I, geez, I really get, just said BBC, get, bro. I really get, just get said. Your, I really just said BBC. Oh, Jesus. Get Christ. your head but, out the gutter, bro. Look, bro. But look, Daniel Garcia should not be wearing fucking Kango hats, trying to be a white member of the Black Panthers. Looking, looking as talking about. Oh, he's a sports entertainer. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. Stop telling us that wrestling and sports entertainment are two completely different things. They're the exact same. Oh my god, <laughs> man! But um, let me because it sounds like I'm bashing the hell out of AEW. But let me let me go back to you know speaking positively, man. Um, besides the fact that AEW's roster is bloated, they have a ton of talent. Yeah, I mean they have guys like I mean Pack, the Lucha Brothers, Ricky Starks, um. They have a MJF. Lineup. Well, right now that's a little. That's we 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 not sure yet. We we not sure, um, where MJF is. But um, I mean, they been have, champion. Yeah. Oh my God. Let me not even go there. But there, they have a lot of talented people on their roster. A lot of young people coming up. Like, uh, what's the face? Anna J. Anna J. Only like a year older than us, which is crazy to me. And then, um, like, they have people, like, on their roster that are legitimately younger than us and are out killing it. Like, I think I think Dante Martin is younger than us. I think so. I could be wrong. Yeah, he was he was born in That's 2001. Crazy. He was born in 2001. That's, That's crazy. Like, they have people younger than us. Keep my word, 22. We are 22 years what? old. There are people younger than us on AEW's roster, and they're killing it. Yeah. Like matter of fact, um, what's the face? Uh, Julia Hart is like nineteen. Oh my god, bro! And she's been killing it too. So Man. they have like, a lot of young talent. Um, they have a lot of like people in their prime. Even the old, even the older wrestlers like Sting, Sting, Sting been going crazy at AEW. So <laughs> it's a matter of like, well. AEW has too many people. WWE has not enough. So if they kind of like, you know, maybe that should have been the forbidden door. But you know, that Ooh, that would never happen. AEW. Everybody oh, books no. it. Everybody books it, but it'll never happen. But I want it to happen you know, one day. They they should have a forbidden door. They really should. But yeah. it shouldn't happen every. It should be like every four years, like the Olympics. Yeah. And like, then they. Wait a minute. Like Dante Martin was trained by Mr. Kennedy. Oh wow. I didn't know he was training. I didn't know either. Wait a minute. So how the hell is he doing all them flips and shit? And he learned from Mr. Kennedy. How? <laughs> Mr. Kennedy did the uh the Kenton bomb. <laughs> middle <laughs> on the middle road. Oh my god. But man, I I think that AEW has done well. I think that they've done great things for wrestling as a whole. And I think if they, you know, just make a few tweaks, they're gonna really I don't even want to say like they're gonna give WWE a run for their money because I don't believe in the competition anymore. I just wanna see both wrestling companies thrive. But I think exactly. that I think they're gonna be real, I think they're gonna be a-okay for years to come. Yeah. But with that being said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Hooplex. Hope you guys enjoyed. 
And, you know, we have some more guests on the way. So just, just stay patient. Just stay patient. But we are currently dealing with life. But don't worry, y'all. Don't worry. Just stay tuned, man. We got some big things coming. And we will see you guys next week.